Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Victor Mark Show. I am your host by the same name, just to make it simple. Listen, I'm excited for what's in store today. I'll be interviewing a guest and a friend, Dr. Meg Meeker. Look, I'm sure many of you have heard of her before. She's a best-selling author and has been a practicing pediatrician for over 30 years. And today I'm going to talk to Dr. Meeker about the health and well-being of America's youth. Some of you right now, I mean, it's everything from emotional health, physical uh, and then just help as a parent. So I want you to stay tuned for this. And we will warn you listeners that we're going to be discussing some sensitive topics, including suicide. So please use discretion if you have children around. Now let's go ahead and dive into this episode of the Victor Mark Show with my friend, Dr. Meg Meeker. Dr. Meeker, great to have you on the program today. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for Victor. Well, we've been friends a long time, and mm-hmm. I have so appreciated you running in the lane that God's gifted you in as a pediatrician, as a medical doctor, uh, to help parents who struggle, and all parents struggle, right? I mean, I have five children, and now four grandkids, and you know what's been, you know what's been amazing is to forget how hard it is raising little ones. And because uh, we, we still have two of our kids at home, and they're both teenagers. So we're just kind of coming off of that trauma. Well, you're exactly right. I think we're about at the same spot. I've got four grown kids and five grandkids. And fortunately, I get to see them uh, quite a bit. But after the grandkids leave, they've been here for three or four days. I tell my husband I go into a post-kid coma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. Because it's true. It is true, and you know, and I'm in pretty good shape. I exercise, I get good sleep, and yet still, it's very hard. And I think that our adult children don't understand how hard it is for us grandparents. Well, and even them, we've told our kids, because, you know, our daughters are going, I'm so tired. We go, you should be. You have two (laughs) children, you have two youngs, or you have a little one that's running around. Of course you should be. You know, Eileen and I, my bride, we're always what we call try to be mission ready because, you know, we deploy out in different things and hotspots in the world to do what we do. And yet we're like, hey, being mission ready is easier than being grandparent ready when the grandkids come or we go spend time and uh, we laugh. But what a joy. And thanks for your experience. You're coming with us today with three decades of experience. And I want to go over a few things that will actually help parents right now. But before I do, would you kind of share with my audience for context, a little bit about your personal and professional background? Sure. I've uh, practiced pediatrics for about a little over 30 years with my husband. We're going to have our 40th wedding anniversary. And we really enjoy uh, practicing together. It's now grown to eight physicians. Probably 20 years ago, um, God told me to write a book. And I wrote a book. And all of a sudden, I was 
thrown into the national spotlight without any training or anything. But, you know, when God says do something, you better show up and do it. So I had more fear of him than I certainly did of the media. And ever since then, so since then, I've written six books and, you know, have my own podcast. I've, you know, spoken globally. And it's a great, great privilege. And I love what I do. And fundamentally, what I really love to do is interface with parents one-on-one. And that's why on my website, I started something called the um, Parenting Great Kids Community. And parents get to write in and, you know, chat with me and we answer questions. And of course, as a um, in my private life, I have four grown kids, three girls and a boy, and five grand uh, kids and one of those is a set of twins <laughs> yeah I, I did actually dropped them off at their mom's house they were with us overnight so life is good I love it it's it's uh th- there's a joy in fulfilling a mission that God's called us to and for yeah. the, there's parents listening right now that you know because we we have people go hey we'd like to go overseas with y'all we'd like to go recover or help children being blah, blah, blah. and I go well you know what I think it's best if you just run in the lane that God's placed you be a good dad mm-hmm. be a good mom be a good spouse work hard um those kids should be the party and both our mutual friend and colleague Dr. James Dobson he he was spot on you know in the 70s saying the nucleus of the family is what's going to be attacked the greatest our children you know, is is what this dark culture wants to invade their mind and soul. And uh, if the family disintegrates, the nation will. We're seeing that right now, aren't we? Yes, we are. And look at our inner cities with boys. You know, boys are screaming for help and for male leadership and for their fathers. And, you know, there's a whole generation of kids that are lost because they have nothing under their feet to stand on. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they're going. They don't, you know, they're just really floundering. And I think that's what we see, you know, of course, when we don't have fathers in the home, but now that is spread to the rest of America where you've got girls and boys who really don't know why they're alive. And they don't know that because many, many families are fractured. Mm. Now, I, I know you have concerns for our youth, obviously, because you're dealing with it on a daily basis. Uh, do you think part of this not knowing who they are is lending itself to this transgender, you know, LQBTQZ, all of them issues? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think that there are a couple things going on. We are so obsessed with sex and sexualization of kids in our culture that kids feel very early on from about age 10 on that they need to stamp a sexual identity on themselves very quickly because they need their friends to know, are you gay, straight, bi, trans, whatever. And the pressure is intense because we've communicated to these kids that your sexual identity is the sum of who you are as Mm. a person. Mm. In addition to that, I think that we have manipulated the minds of parents to believe that your kid has the ability 
prepubertal or pubertal to make life-changing decisions and that a quote-unquote good parent or progressive parent job is to support those decisions without batting an eye. And I think those two things together are a recipe for disaster for kids. Yeah, and, and I mean, I love what you just said. We've manipulated the minds of parents. Yes. That's the danger because kids can bounce off of walls and have ideas and all that, but if there's solid parents or a parent who's immovable and says, no, that's, that's absolutely not right. That goes against the standard of God's word, what we believe, but they're caving. And more than caving, yes. in many instances, they're encouraging it. Haven't you recently dealt with something like that? I did. I did, and I can't. You can't believe how many parents who are driving this in their kids because they want their kids to figure out who they are from a very early age on, and that's why they have the gender neutral things when kids are young. But anybody who's parented a boy and a girl knows that's not true. I mean, kids come out genetically very, very different, boys and girls. But you have parents saying, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, let's pull back. You need to decide over first grade and third grade and fifth grade who you want to be and what you want to be. That is not driven by kids. Kids instinctively know they're a boy or they're a girl, and it's a very rare person, very rare kid who uh, kind of wonders. It really is. But yet what we're doing, if parents are, for instance, telling a young boy who's six or eight, you know, you really don't like trucks and you really don't like, you know, hunting bears with a stick and you really don't like this, you know, come over here. You may like this. Come over here. You may like to wear dresses. That confuses that child so much. And so what I strongly believe is that if you have a boy, you parent him as a boy until he proves otherwise and he won't and the same is true with girls but this wishy-washy sense that parents have that in order to be a good parent we we need to allow this child to pick his way through life is cruel because kids can't you know 10 year olds don't even know what they want for dinner they don't know what sport they want to play they don't know which friends they should have how in the world can they make a life-changing decision like becoming the opposite gender which by the way parents need to know this renders them infertile most of the time so you've got parents who are actually encouraging young teens to transition so they feel like a good parent even though they know it's really harming that child physically mm, mm. We're, we're falling to the category of child abuse we've got my friend dr meg meeker on today's program she's a practicing pediatrician for over 30 years and uh, she really is one of america's leading authority on parenting teens and children's health she has spoken across the u.s on a multitude of national syndicated radio and tv programs uh, including dave ramsey uh, she's known as america's mother and I'll tell you what, we're so blessed to have her on here. The books that you would want to check out uh, that she's written has included Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, Boys Should Be Boys, 
your kids at risk and raising a strong daughter in a toxic culture. I appreciate you calling in for this program and, um, you know, what taking the time to help really guide and educate and encourage parents because there's a lot right now. Both you and I are very active on social media, so we know the pulse beat of parents who sometimes feel like they're going crazy, those who are taking a stand because the pressure is it's suffocating and uh, there is real persecution if you even just don't agree, much less take a stand against. How do you deal with that? What, I mean, how would you encourage parents to have the courage to stand? Well, first of all, parents need to understand that the pressure to do these things like encourage your kids to change their sex, encourage their kids to be sexually active because that's what everybody does, encourage their kids to have a cell phone, whatever. It comes from a few very loud and very vocal people who are heading and driving the social agenda. It is not the mass of American parents. Overwhelmingly, American parents say, I don't want this, I don't want this. But, again, they've been, they're drinking the Kool-Aid and they're, they're taught to believe that if they take a stand and say, no, that's not okay, either for my kids or whatever, that they're going to be verbally beaten up or cut off social, social media. But you know what, Victor? We have to take that risk because the truth is there are far more of us than there are those who are promoting all of this stuff. And if those who disagreed with it just stood up and said, no, 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 that's not okay. I don't want that. We would mow them over in a couple of weeks. But we're shrinking back because, again, we've been trained to believe that if we stand with what we believe, we are going to be crushed. We're going to be shut up. We're going to be pulled off social media. And we just, we just need to keep charging forward and say, I'll risk whatever it's going to take because I'm going to fight for kids. And that's what you are doing. And that's what I'm doing. And oh, well, you know, people don't like you and you get a lot of backlash, but you do it anyway. Yeah, I, I can't agree with you more. And let's be specific about someone right now in our culture that's driving a narrative uh, and an agenda that's very dangerous. I'm talking about a young actress, uh, Elliot Page, who people know well, if they, you know, the younger generation, certainly. And this is a young lady. And I would say a beautiful young lady who decided to identify as a male. And she recently had breast reduction. I'm looking on my Instagram, a post I did on her. And I'm looking at a picture where she identified as a male. She had breast reduction. Then it looks like, and people are saying pretty clearly, it's got to be, you know, uh, ab implants. So that she looks like she has a, a male chest. And she's taking a picture with her shirt off and um sadly instead of looking at this with someone who's definitely has what we consider a mental health issue someone wanting to identify completely opposite of the way god created them time magazine puts them on the cover put her on the cover and 
is promoting this. And why I say she's dangerous is because she's an extreme, what I would call an extreme activist, to try and promote children becoming trans. She wants to protect. I mean, she's got a sign that says protect trans kids. How can you even make a decision? Now, again, an adult has the right. It's not illegal. They have a right to change, have surgery. She has a right to do what she did. I don't agree with it. And I really, man, I'd love to be friends with her. I've never gotten into hating people. But I take a strong stand and I would talk to her about why do you want children to try to change the way God made them? It's dangerous. So that's the position she's taken. And there's got to be things I feel like, maybe I'm just wrong, but I feel like we're fractured as a conservative, biblically-based Christian group. There's many of us. There's millions. But we're kind of fractured. Because right now, you and I talked about it as well, we're going through like a purification of the church. We see leaders falling left and right. We see worship leaders, well-known, that people have listened to the music, bought the music, you know, taking a left turn, becoming radicalized in a different sense. And th- that's what I can't stand is, is uh, these narratives that are dangerous to the values we have. So, I mean, you know, I'm friends with Charlie Kirk, and I see what they're doing, and there's Tony Perkins. And who else do you know as an organization? Of course, we are, but Dr. Dobson with Family Talk. But, I mean, we need a concerted effort to help, I think, as a divide is happening, to unite and fight these from a legal and a moral position. You know, you're absolutely right. And when I think about um, this racial movement going on, I think the movement is racist. And here's why. When we start dividing people because of their skin color, which is completely against what Martin Luther King said. He said, I want my kids to live in a future where nobody notices their skin color. And we're going in the exact opposite way. But what we have done is pitted Caucasians against African-Americans. Caucasians are the oppressors and, and, and African-Americans are the victims. And what's implied in that is they can't do anything because they're victims. And what we should be doing is coming underneath them and saying, "Uh, uh, uh, you can do anything you want to do. That's what we did really with feminism. Don't believe that you are a victim. Don't believe that you can't do anything. So we're really pigeonholing African-American kids and adults by saying you're stuck. You know, we have pressed you into this mold you can't get out. We're bad people. I'm so sorry that you're stuck and you can't do anything. What a horrible thing to do to a whole group of people who are smart and capable and strong and faithful. They should be encouraged to just get out there and be the best they can be. But we're not telling black adults or kids that we're we're saying no 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 i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i owe you i owe you you're stuck because you can't do this on your own and i think that's a tragedy i do too i think that's part of the this 
crazy narrative that really hurts kids. You know, it's, I, I saw a video of a, of a dad, uh, a black dad that brought his child home from school, found out what they were telling him, and contacted the school board and said, y'all are never to teach my son, uh, my child, that white people are oppressors. This is insane. And, I mean, uh, I believe this prejudice. I, I, Man, I'm from the South. I've seen prejudice. Uh, I, I, I think there's communities. There's, I mean, everything, kind of a tribal mentality. But I will say this. We're never to judge a person by the color of their skin, but the content and character of their heart and who they are and what they believe. Um, so that's just one more thing that adds on. Now, I want to talk about, I mean, the rampant real pandemic of kids committing suicide and teenagers mm. being out of control and parents not knowing what to do. I've got personal experience with that because it doesn't matter if you're a Christian, non-Christian, atheist, Muslim. If you have a teenager or a young person in this culture, you're going to face some crazy making. Uh, most parents are uh, because of the culture they live in. And I want everybody to tune in tomorrow because we're out of, we're running out of time right now. But I, I want everyone to tune in tomorrow because this is going to be a critical broadcast that's going to give people tools and hope for their prodigals. But before I go, I've got to ask you a question, two of them. I always ask our guest, and, and I'm going to ask it today for you. <laughs> First one. <laughs> What's, you know, people live by perceptions, right? That's why we give intros to try to give facts, and but still people trying to fill it in. But here's a question. What is your perception of Eileen and I in the ministry that we do? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I, you two are um, my heroes. I really do. I, oh, I think I love what you do, and I think it takes tremendous courage to live that way and to do what you do. And, you know, you inspire me to be courageous. Mm. And that's very important for me because sometimes you get, as we've been talking about, intimidated and you want to sort of sit in the background. So I think that if you inspire me and encourage me, how many other thousands and tens of thousands of people out there who are being encouraged by what you're doing. Oh, thank you. That's, that's awful kind coming from you, especially. And, you know, we're just trying to live our life daily. We're just ordinary folks that God has given, right, uh, opportunity to be part of extraordinary things. And I'm glad it inspires folks. I'm glad it inspires you because we need to be encouraged. And it's mutual, right? I mean, it's it's mutual. We look at you and we go, gosh, she is just, she is swinging for the rafters. She is sharpening a sword. She's making a difference. And uh, we, we're grateful for you. The second question, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. It's my biggie. I'll wait till tomorrow at the end of the broadcast. But, folks, thank you for joining us today. And, um, Dr. MacMaker, thank you for being on today's broadcast. And if you'll hang around, we'll, we'll do another one for day two because we're going to get into topics that matter and will really save lives. I would love to, Victor, and thanks so much for having me. You bet. Folks, listen. It's tough times we live in, uh, but it's uh, we look at the biblical passage of God has guaranteed us that we could be more than overcomers. So although we may stumble, we may feel tired at times, we are to regroup, 
get up, run toward the chaos to bring order by the power of God that's in us, and to live courageously. And like people have told us, you, you know, when we're in Muslim countries or doing things where ISIS had tried to kill us before or hunt us down, they go, oh, you guys, you're such a, you know, strong light. I go, actually, we're just a spark, but it's so dark, that's all it takes. And that's what we want to encourage people to be. Be a spark in your where you are, wherever you are, and whatever God's got you doing. So do it full throttle for his glory and uh, go get her done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.